walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? The hardest part of the ring is here. Is here. Oh man. Hardest part of the ring. About to give you some hard justice, huh? Yeah? What what an erect show we have for you today, huh? I'm sorry. You know, jokes aren't funny when you prepare them. I thought I I thought I might have had something there, but it's it's dumb. Just dumb. But speaking of dumb, we got some TNA for you guys today. Hard Justice 2005. And this one is a weird one. It's, uh, well, first I'll mention that we are, uh, fresh off of TNA Lockdown 2005. If you haven't listened to that episode, go check that out in the archives. But yeah, fresh off of Lockdown, and at Lockdown we saw, uh, AJ Styles beat Abyss in that, uh, main event, that brutal, that legendary, uh, TNA main event. And AJ therein became the number one contender for the NWA World Championship. So that is what main events this event here, Hard Justice, is AJ versus Jeff Jarrett for the world title strap. Also at lockdown, we saw Shocker. (laughs) Everyone's favorite McDonald's commercial guy. We saw Shocker win a number one contender uh, X-Scape match to become the number one contender for the X-Division title. So therefore, we have Shocker versus the champion Christopher Daniels on this show. And those two matches are the extent (laughs) of what was built. Because, uh, well, if you lived through this time period of uh, 2005... I would hope most, of, if not all of you, lived through it. <laughs> but if you were, you know, older, you know, at least old enough to kind of grasp what's going on in sports and entertainment, you would know that 2005, this is around the time where UFC began to gain a lot of momentum. And a lot of that was due to the Ultimate Fighter uh, reality show that they did. If you're not familiar, just think tough enough, but with... MMA. It's essentially what it was, right? And uh, that gave UFC and the sport of MMA a huge spike in popularity because 
in the early days, because UFC has been around since the mid 90s and MMA has been going on for who knows how long. It's really just been, um, at least in the past, it had been perceived as like a uh, just bar fighting, just a tough man kind of contest. Right. You watch those early UFCs. They, there's, there's no gloves. There's no uh, there's no weight division. So you literally have a 300 pound guy just a hairy, big, fat guy fighting like a 180-pound guy in a karate gi. It was just a mess. No gloves, and it's like it's it's crazy. But in 2005, they were starting to kind of uh, formulate what UFC would would become and the the, uh, the product that would become so popular in the years to come. To this day, it is. And um, I, I say all that because Tito Ortiz is the top guy. In UFC, in terms of popularity, in terms of uh, you know he's he's a one of the longest reigning UFC champion at the time, so he's got a lot of credibility behind him. So TNA sees somebody who is popular in the mainstream and says, "Hey, let's bring them on in." Right? You know, we brought in Jeff Hammond, the NASCAR guy, to do something. <laughs> so what's stopping us from bringing in a major UFC fighter? And those. In all honesty, it was a great get for them, but I say all of this because nothing, it the, the build to this pay-per-view, right? Because if you listen to me, you know that I watch all of the TV shows leading up to this and all of the impacts leading up to this pay-per-view. It is nothing but non-stop promotion for Tito Ortiz and the fact that he's appearing at this pay-per-view. Not just appearing, but he is the special guest referee in the main event world title match. That is the majority of the build for this pay-per-view. Hey, come see some TNA, whatever you get this wrestling here. But, but, but Tito Ortiz is there. So like, give us money, please. And um, as a result, the pay-per-view as a whole felt kind of cold because there was a lot of random ass matches that didn't have, like I said, didn't have any story to them, didn't have any reason to care. And that's a common theme throughout the show. Even like, and then... The matches that do have build, what, Shocker? <laughs> yeah, nobody cared about Shocker then, now, or forever. No one cared about Shocker. Um, even though the match was decent, it was definitely... We're almost at Samoa Joe era, so this is like almost irrelevant. But it's it's a fun match, and there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about in regards to Shocker and all that, too. But um, I should mention briefly here, because we do talk about it in the show, this is also... Fresh off a lockdown, like I said, this is fresh off a lockdown, and that's the pay-per-view where we saw Chris Candido break his leg, and ultimately, that led to uh, a surgery, complications with the surgery, blood clot, uh, pneumonia, lots of elements at play, but unfortunately, we did lose Chris Candido a few weeks after lockdown, Uh, really, really uh, tragic out of nowhere death and um that also i believe plays a big part in the atmosphere of this pay-per-view here is just everybody's kind of reeling from it and then you have the, the direct effect that it has on the naturals the the tag team champions who were managed by chris candido so there's a lot to get into there as well and how kind of awkward it was but yes a lot you know as per usual tna provides a lot of uh, fodder for uh for podcast talk the good the bad and the very very ugly and uh to get into all that i brought on jeff from the 
Talking Nonsense About Impact Wrestling podcast. You can check that podcast out on YouTube, on Twitch, or wherever you listen to podcasts. He Jeff is a, uh, and, and yet we'll, we'll talk about it, but he's a day one TNA fan from the very beginning up till now. So if there's anyone that can provide insight on this promotion, it's G-Hoff right here. Just a really fun podcast. There's no better time to uh, really get into TNA impact related podcasts than now with everything that's going on in uh, the current era. What with the partnership with AEW, Kenny Omega winning the title from Rich Swan, And we actually do uh, touch on that in the podcast as well, just as an aside. Uh, but a great time to jump on that train. Uh, really knowledgeable, him and his co-hosts and uh, other people that he brings on. Obviously very knowledgeable about the Impact product. So go check that out. Really unique presentation and a fun time over there. And as I said, he's a day one fan, so he provides a lot of insight uh, on this era as well. So really fun episode here. Let's get into it. TNA Hard Justice 2005 with myself and Jeff from the Talking Nonsense About Impact Wrestling podcast. So you, um, I'm assuming, judging by your podcast, are you like a lifelong TNA fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, since June 19th, 2002. So first day, first day I'm that old. Oh, man. Yeah, day one. Yeah, yeah. Day one. Yeah, I've, I've honestly, uh, well, I'm 34, So I, but I was 14 or 15 when the first episode came out, Wednesday pay-per-views, uh, and I've literally watched every single piece of content for better or worse. <laughs> with this yeah, company. yeah. Yeah, so... So yeah, you're a lifelong soldier then. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's man. Awesome. I, I'm pro pro wrestling. I uh I like everything. I support everything, but TNA and Impact is my go-to. They're always absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so this is like for 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 me, I kind of got into TNA like in 2006 or so. So Sting was already there. I think um it was before Kurt Angle, so somewhere in between there. Right before, yeah. Oh wait, no, he was 2000. Yeah, he was 2006. I think. I think I believe so. I was thinking about that earlier. Um, I believe he comes in 2006 or right before Bound for Glory. Because I think so if my timeline's right, because we're in 2005 here. Right. Christian comes in at the end of the year. Correct. Sting comes in a few months later. And yep. I think that Bound for Glory, Sting, main events Bound for Glory, and then Kurt Angle is like the special ref. Or maybe I'm a year ahead. I think that's the one where shirtless Sting, where he's actually in shape with the no shirt and the face paint. That, oh, he, right. He, he the, eats uh, and no sells the guitar shot. Yeah, that's 2006, <laughs> Bound for Glory. Black um, black and red sting. Black and red gold, yeah. Foot, the football one that's pads. The video game. Right, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what do you think of that video game, by the way? I've, I actually feel like I liked it, if Look, I remember like, correctly. I think there's a younger generation than me. Well, not generation, but younger group than me that has played yeah. it. And it's like, oh, shit, the graphics are great. You know, we talk about our show, like the Booker T of that same or that following year and WWE SmackDown or versus raw or whatever it is yeah. was so horrible looking compared to the impact. Yes. Um, but uh, just through going back and revisiting that we uh, actually, we interview every month, this guy, I don't know if you saw, but he, he's uh, Michael Cavaccini. He writes, um, he's writing the upcoming 20th anniversary of impact books. Like uh, yeah, the history of, but he's going and interviewing like executives and spike TV people and all that. Um, but yeah. with the video game is there was going to be a number two. He gave that info on our uh, last show. He showed us uh, different storylines that were going to happen in it and how they were mm -hmm. going to improve it. And that the first one, they just kind of rushed through. And I, th I think that's what it was, was the 
graphics were beautiful, storyline mm-hmm. was cool, but the entrances were short. Or you know, what I mean, there was all these things yeah. that were so rushed and forgotten. The about. gameplay itself, the mechanics. Because I remember that specifically, the graphics were like way ahead of oh, its yeah. time. Way. I think they would hold up against 2K20. No, I personally, agree. easily, I think. Um, it's a shame we never got another one, but uh, maybe in the future. Soon, I think. I, I think. Yeah, between that, AEW, WWE finally, or 2K took two years to make a WWE game. Right. So hopefully we could have some good ones here. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping so. Even if the, I know the AEW one's going straight to phone, if I believe so. I don't think they have a official game yet. So um, they have the GM mode is a phone game. Okay. I believe they do have a console game coming out either oh, st- late late this year or early next year. I don't even know if they Oh, know, okay, but. okay. Just timeline-wise, right now is the app one? I think so. Yeah, I think okay. the app one comes right. out fairly soon. Well, at this if rate, I, I, I we know. might be. I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, same same here, obviously. <laughs> uh, so I guess that means Impact could maybe be DLC <laughs> in that right, game. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's our be, title. Shit. You know, you never know, man. It has some New Japan in there. You know, hey, be the first game I bought in a while, wrestling wise. So yeah, same here. You weren't. You didn't buy a uh, Battlegrounds. What was it called? Battle. No, the, uh, the, the one arcade where one. Big and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I didn't even pretend like I was interested in that one, man. The one I did buy, it was around the same time as the TNA game, and that's what reminded me was, uh, <sighs> shit, Legends of WrestleMania, and they were kind of bigger as Ooh. well, and kind of built a little weird. Right. Um, yeah. But that was like the weirdest one I've, and then after that, I just gave up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, Hard Justice. So 2005. Is uh, I, I'm assuming you've seen this show in the past. I guess it's been a while. Yeah. Though, right? So uh, I would actually I took down notes because I took this very seriously. No, yeah, I I do too, man. Oh, I, awesome. I'm a terrible memory over here. Oh, same, same, same. Yeah. I live in the treehouse too much. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I uh, looked. I didn't look at the card. I I rawed. I raw dogged it. <laughs> went straight yeah. into it's the only it. way to do it. I don't like looking things up. And as soon as I heard the Barry Scott intro thing, I was like, yeah, uh, okay. I know I know. remember this one. A lot of this feels uh, right. Yeah. Three minutes in, though, is our first minute of live. I was like, OK, this is original TNA. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> after three minutes of hype, here's the first match. Um, but yeah, no, it was nostalgic. And I was like, damn, man, obviously I, I'm meeting you now. But I was like, what kind of morbid fucks would make me watch Chris Candido's right? memorial? <laughs> I was like, it is just how it fell chronologically, man. <laughs> I was like, this guy right here, he seems like a guy that loves talking about death. Yeah, man, especially <laughs> Candido shit. Um, God, yeah, man. so that was that was uh, kind of a wake up. To, I was like, OK, I know what time frame we're in. I know exactly. Right. And, I, and I did exactly like you. I was like, OK. Christian comes next. Uh, Samoa Joe is next, actually. Then Christian. Yep. Uh, and the Joe thing I remembered because timeline wise, uh, mm-hmm. because Daniels does that whole I'm the best. There's there's no other X Division uh, wrestler in the world, blah, 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 blah. So, right. They knew he was coming. But what did you think of the show? Did you all overall before we get into it? Yeah, um, it was. Um, so I, I started these reviews at a uh, victory road 2004, which is their oh. first, so, you know, yeah, true, first one. true three hour pay-per-view. And, um, they cut it that, that one itself wasn't that great, but they had some good ones. You know, turning point was the, that, that famous steel cage match right. with Elix walking the cage. That was yeah. a great pay-per-view. Um, and they, they've had some pretty good stuff in between too. Um, so I had that kind of bar in my mind when, uh, watching the show. And I feel like that there were some good parts, um of this show hard justice but overall it was kind of like i don't know if it's everybody was kind of like they had that wind taken out of their sails with chris candido dying yeah uh just a few weeks before this or if it was i will say this 
outside of that, the build to this was fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. Because I, I go through and watch the impacts oh, leading wow. up to you're, this. You're really in order. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's they're very quick. It's the dude. It's like it's weird. Like before Russo got there, it was literally like squash match, squash match. Uh, we'll show the same video package four times and <laughs> 40 minutes of content. It was like it's whatever. But um, but yeah, there was very little build because they built up uh, mostly it was Tito Ortiz. That right. was, he was hyped more than anything. And he really I mean, I guess he did play a big part, but ultimately it's like. Yeah, I mean, it's the number seven moment in TNA history uh, on their DVDs. I, I uh, yes. went and watched I'm that. I'm glad you brought too. that up. I literally and, uh, have a bullet here that that, that main oh, event, nice. the finish, was uh, yeah, on that DVD. And the finish was. And, and you know, screw me, but I, I like the finish because AJ won finally. Granted, he lost yeah. it a month later, but it was nice right, to... Yeah. <laughs> spoiler, sorry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, I'm not a big... See, I think we, we talk about this in our group a lot, about MMA and... and in wrestling crossover yeah. it happens all the time thinking that now is going to be the time where MMA uh, fans are like, Oh yeah, you know what wrestling, it, it just never is. Um, so it's always a weird vibe when Tito comes out or uh, yeah. rampage Jackson or King Mo, like the crowd it was better than uh, when Tito came back like several years later, <laughs> that famous when he comes March out. second. Yeah, <laughs> was it August second, August second warning. Like you could tell literally say any day, and I'd <laughs> it's, I think it's August second warning. And uh, yeah, I thought it was Davy Richards. I was wrong. It was not. It was very not Davy. I was disappointed. What's funny is that we all my friends were watching it live together. We all would gather around watch it, and we were so hyped because literally the tape. Ah, my timelines are wrong, but maybe the taping after was in our hometown. Like we were going to it. Yeah. Um, so we're like, whoever it is, like, we're going to get to see them. Uh, so not only were we disappointed, <laughs> uh, we had to watch them main event mafia, that garbage 2.0, right. Uh, versus, uh, you know, uh, aces and eights when he, this time that we're speaking of. Mm. And, uh, the one positive that happened was we got to see AJ's infamous where he went from, uh, evil ways, uh, walks oh, up and he ramp, came out with the hoodie, and, and then yeah. uh, uh, get ready to fly hit. We that's pretty cool. Yeah, that that was the best uh, uh, balance, I guess, or the the consolation prize. There we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I think that was during one of my hiatuses from TNA. Well, I've always been kind of in and out, in and out. But um, the loss of AJ was a it was a hard time. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know, you know, just to set the stage, like in the timeline that we're at here, AJ is the right. face of the company, pretty much. I mean, he's. TNA's starting to get some buzz. They're not quite, you know, peak level, but uh, they're starting to get a little bit of buzz. You'll, you'll see that with Samoa Joe coming in a month later and then you know, staying and Christian, like we talked about. Um, but yeah, we are uh, right in the middle. Well, not in the middle, I guess. I guess in the middle of uh, Jeff Jarrett's reign of terror as a champion. Like you said, he loses it here, uh, but he regains it a month later. Right? He, he, he regains no, it. No, right, um, it actually goes to Raven at that Slammiversary. That's um, right. King of the Mountain, I believe. And then um, that's right. And then Jarrett gets it back <laughs> from. Raven. Yeah, yeah. There's I knew he got like, it back eventually. There's no time. Like, I think three months is the biggest amount of time Jeff Jarrett has not held the title in between yeah. reigns here. And that's just it was disgusting. Yeah, Honestly. yeah. And that's coming from a fan. I'm I'm a fan from the ashes of WCW, you know, so I was following Jeff Jarrett and company. Um, right. And uh, I think Jeff and I like what he did on the, for the most part, on the uh, managerial side from point mm -hmm. A to the first run. Um, but there was some questionable stuff. <laughs> and this is yeah. one of them. Yeah. 
there was some <laughs> the months leading up to this, there was some uh garbage made events with Jeff Jarrett with the you know Kevin Nash and versus yeah. DDP and all that stuff. You have Monty Brown, the so, like the the most organic babyface they had at the time, Monty right. Brown turning heel and joining Jeff Jarrett. Like, it. man. Well, it was one of those Triple H things, uh, not to bring you know anyone else down, but um where if they're getting too hot let's stick them with me <laughs> and use it. Uh, and that's what yeah. happened. And it's, and it reminded me of that. I, the, the instance that I kind of was like, oh, okay, this is the part where Fox sports net, where I wasn't a huge fan of, um, mm-hmm. I love Monty Brown. I love that. Some of that era around the truth killings, three LK. Um, yeah. but it's still when Jarrett walks through the back and he's got the title on and he's got his stupid sunglasses indoors and his, <laughs> his wife beater and his, his slacks. He was, yeah, but he was wearing a, like this ugly, like uh Mike awesome seventies guy shirt. Like it was just, it just horrible. God, yeah. awful. I was like, who, who actually, even though he's the heel, who takes this guy seriously? He does. Oh, yeah. He takes himself very <laughs> fair. WCW to whatever, man. He's just yeah. GCW. Yeah. Was it GCW? Global no GFW Global GFW. Force Wrestling. That's right, man. Jeff Jarrett, what Jeff a guy! Jarrett, you know what a guy. Can't always be uh, home runs. Nope, a but lot of foul balls. Two home runs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, just jumping right into the show. So yeah. uh, it uh, starts off with a ten bell salute for uh, Chris Candido, who, like we mentioned, uh, passed away. I believe it was like a week or two before the show. Yeah. Um, he's, he suffered that leg injury at lockdown. And I believe the story is he got some sort of blood clot and had pneumonia. I don't know if that's yeah. due to the blood or whatever it is. The but, surgery, um, yeah, the blood clot because of the surgery. Right. Yeah, so really sad and really out of nowhere at the time. Um, so they have a chair set up with his jacket, his towel, and everything. It, it <laughs> looks like it's filmed before the show starts. Yeah. Um, but then they go right into the intro package. And like you said, what was his name? The, the voiceover guy? Barry Scott, who just passed Barry away Scott. Yeah, last he year. He did. Um, there's no, no one better at, oh. at doing these. No. He's, he's made for intro yeah. packages for pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, no matter what the show is, the intro package for, if, if TNA did anything right, it was these intro packages. Yeah. That's one of the things that I, I don't think, uh, TNA gets credit for. There's a lot of things that, you know, I, I will agree all day. I'm unbiased. I'm transparent. I'll tell you what is shit. Uh, but when they've got a lot of stuff that they did, that was, uh, not groundbreaking in this way, but it really curved the way we do things uh, in wrestling mm-hmm. from that point forward. Not only the X division, but the intro packages being more of a thing. After this, WWE picks that up. Um, so, you know, Barry Scott is uh, literally uh, a legend. Absolutely. Um, then we get right into the show. Like we said, you know, not a lot of build to the show. Tito Ortiz is really the main selling point here. Other than the t- the world title match, the X division match, and the, the tag team title match, nothing really advertised much in the buildup right. um and that's represented here so the opening match we have uh, a tag team contest here yeah. we have apollo and sunny siaki versus team canada so we have uh, eric young and pd williams here yeah uh pd with hair eric young baby yeah. face um i mean clean face not actually right right uh yeah man uh this was a really cool thing for it to start with for me not because it was good uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the crowd was hyped. It was good to see the impact zone back to when it was lively and there's not just people sitting yep. there or texting or thinking about the next ride they're going on. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, but seeing Sonny Siaki, who was an X Division champion in the, you know, Asylum days, 
uh, Apollo, who was a tag team champion in the Asylum days. Mm-hmm. And now they're here. And uh, what was the line that I have it written down? The devastating tag team is what, is what they called him. Like that, he said that that's what done uh, the devastating tag team of, of, si- of Siaki and Apollo. Come on, man. They were thrown together the week before. I yeah, think. they're they're tan. They have dark features. <laughs> they're both Mexican, right? That, that's yeah, yeah, right. not me. Well, we find um, that out later. Well, that was one of the things I want to get to is they mentioned that later. Scott Demore, who's a genius when it comes to this stuff. But uh, he's like. One's Samoan, one's Mexican, and, and you're chanting USA at us. Like, Dude, wait. yeah. I think he's Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. I he think. is Puerto Rican. Just, just so we have all the facts straight. Yeah, enough. he just came from uh, AAA, I believe, is, is why. Mm, right. That's absolutely. Yeah. I always thought it was funny, though, that Apollo, the Samoan, had the like Latino music coming out. I don't know if you noticed that. He no, had, like, Apollo, the George is, L- Apollo is the one from AAA. Oh, is he? But he's Samoan, though. No, Siaki's Samoan. <laughs> I'll believe you. I'll, I'll believe you. You should. I meant the yeah, purpose yeah. of this. <laughs> yeah. I trust you. So you see, even I, I can't even tell the difference. But then yeah, now that makes some, sense, though. I met him in person. So, Siaki's a good dude. He just, uh, yeah, he had grander um, uh, uh, dreams of what he could be. And I don't think Impact saw that. Or TNA yeah. I think there was a story I heard that uh, they wanted Siaki to be like The Rock, basically. Like just, just copy The Rock. Just yep. Huvitu <laughs> did it. Booker T did it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I agree, man. Sonny Siaki, I mean, specifically in this match, he was the guy that really stood out to me. I mean, I thought he yeah. looked really good. Yeah, he looked angry, uh, which is always the best Sonny Siaki. Something to prove. Yeah, yeah right. Absolutely. Um, the match itself, it was what it was. I mean, there's some fun double team stuff, specifically that the crazy backdrop oh, that yeah. uh, Apollo and Siaki did to Eric yeah. Young. He went like out of frame, base basically. The good old Eric uh, backdrop. Dude, yeah, you are still going. Yeah, you are still going in impact, man. Um, so good stuff there. Uh, ultimately, Siaki hits the Siaka lips. Yep, I believe. Yep. And uh, as he's pinning, he hits it on uh, PD Williams. So he's pinning PD. Yeah. And then we get an interference by A1. Ugh. You a big A1 fan? A0. No. Yeah, it's like steak sauce. Yeah. So he interferes. <laughs> A1 here. He's sitting, he gets in the ring. He's behind Sonny and he's like for like yeah. 20 seconds. He's like yeah. waiting a, a hilariously long time. Uh, but Sonny finally turns around and A1 hits him with the jackhammer because like, every big, every big strong guy has to do a jackhammer. Right. Lazy jackhammer too. Yeah. <laughs> it's dropped him. It's fine. It's dropped him. Uh, A1 pulls PD on top of Siaki for the win. So Team Canada gets the win here. Because they have to be the heels from Canada. Because they're foreign, right? Right, but they... Not the other guys. They're not foreign, right? <laughs> right, just these guys. <laughs> USA! Shut up, crowd. You know, um, the only thing I really have written down was I, I have that suplex. I, I called it a suplex because it was it, it was a... Right. I don't even know. I think he rolled over on him. It was horrible. It was um, like a jackhammer that Goldberg did on yeah, the it, on For the those fiend. who don't know, A1 or Alistair Ralph is like the... Um, Rob Terry of his day, at least, at least in mm. Impact. Um, great look. Big guy, great muscles, but uh, and the, the bell rings. They're not connecting. Yeah, when the bell rings, looks um, great on an eight by ten. But it uh, does. And they gave him the name A One for A One Wrestling, so that was pretty cool. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so oh, there's opening match there, and then after that, we got some more tag team action, mixed tag action. Yep. Michael Shane, <laughs> groundbreaking, groundbreaking Mr. match 
of the year right here. <laughs> no, did you hear that though? Tanae said this is gr- not many companies do this. I was like, wow, in 2000. Oh, right, right. Mixed tags was a big thing or well, new to I the mean, game or something. I guess maybe for TNA. No, he said oh, maybe the wrestling gold- industry. Oh. Yeah, I was like, I guess. The hell? And I had to write that down. I don't know. Uh, Mike Tanae, he'll, he'll do anything to get anything over. That's you true. Know? Um, so we got Michael Shane and Trinity versus Saban and Tracy. Yeah. So at this point, Trinity and Tracy are really the only two women on the roster. Um, so I think it's just a way to get the women out there on a pay-per-view. Um, kind of just shoehorning them in there. And I mean, they're not. I mean, Trinity specifically, I thought was great. Yeah. In the ring. She just didn't have any dancing partners, really. Right. Um, yeah. Which is funny because Tracy Brooks is, is talked about in the match as being the veteran and whatever. And, and she is, you know, she was I think 30 yeah. something at the time from Canada. Um, Kaz's wife. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I agree with you. I think Trinity uh, stole the spotlight. There. Are you you're familiar, obviously, with her and her time with Kid Cash uh, in the uh, asylum? Yeah. Days. Right. A little bit, a little okay. bit. My, my was, asylum knowledge is, is pretty shallow, okay, but I'm okay. familiar with that, yeah. Um, I, I always thought she was good. She went to the WWE, ECW eventually, uh, but she was right. a stunt woman, still doing stunt work. Um, but yeah, the storyline, and I'm guessing you would know better than I since chronologic you're watching, but um, Michael Shane and Kat, uh, Kazarian were together um, mm-hmm. with Tracy. Correct. Then Kaz left to go to WWE and Mr. Velocity, Mr. Velocity, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was his nickname. Yeah. And then there was and then it's once he left, they teased the breakup of Michael Shane. But for some reason, they got back together a week later. Yes. People forget, you know, yeah. wrestling fans are stupid, don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, we keep coming <laughs> back, so <laughs> I guess <laughs> um, again, this match, you know, nothing really. There was some fun brawling on the outside, yeah. with especially with like, like the ladies. I think uh, Trinity slammed Tracy on the ramp, yeah. which, is, which is fun. They're cat fighting out there. Yep. Good um, her and yeah, Corona. Yeah. The crowd chants better than Lita. Come on. Guys. Right. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Yeah. Got uh, Chris Saban and Michael Shane. They're working their asses off. Chris yeah. Saban hits like a, a crazy dive to the outside. He just hops up to the top rope yep. and then springboards to the outside. Just smooth. I forgot how many how smooth he was before all the ACL tears, man. Just right. Crazy. Yeah, dude. Um, but ultimately, so just just a, a hilarious finish. So we have uh, and this, this is a little bit confusing. I'll try to keep it straight. So we have. <laughs> So the teams are Michael Shane and Trinity versus Chris Saban and Tracy. Right. So we have Tracy gives a low blow to Chris Saban, turning on Chris Saban. And then Michael Shane gives a super kick to Trinity, <laughs> which is funny because I also uh, do a timeline on Ring of Honor. Okay. Starting from the beginning. And I literally just a few months ago covered a show where uh, Michael Shane super kicked some girl. So that's that's his thing. It's, it's a parallel. Yeah. That's the only two things you'll know about Michael Shane. One, he's, he's, uh, he's Shawn Michaels' cousin. Two, he super kicks women, I guess. You got to have something. Got to have a gift, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they basically, you know, flip-flop. Uh, Michael Shane and Tracy. Yeah. Or I guess they were a former cup former couple. I don't know if that's a legitimate thing or it's just no, on screen. No, with uh, Kaz's wife. They were together in a, in a tag team with her as the manager. Okay, so they're back together. Uh, double double cross, I guess. Quadruple cross? Who knows? Man, all I know <laughs> is Mike Tanay sold it like it was the biggest swerve of the, ever. <laughs> you know what? I was swerved. Yeah, yeah. Be there, there you swerved. go. Okay. That's <laughs> it woke me up from my nap. Oh, there you go. Oh, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that match is pretty much just there for uh, 
for that turn. Yeah. You know, I, I was really focused. You know, I thought it was pleasant, um, mm -hmm. you know, seeing how impressed the crowd was by the simplest of moves from the knockouts blew my mind. So it kind of put me in a place where I realized where yeah. we were in time. Um, and like I said, I mean, you know, Saban looked so smooth uh for, oh, yeah. you know and he was 22 at the time i believe if i'm not mistaken um something like that yeah yeah so i mean he was so good uh and i forget that sometimes so you take it for granted so saban was great but the one thing i do want to mention besides you know we made fun of him but michael shane before he hit this kid trained with Shawn michaels who's his cousin uh mm -hmm. chose the name michael shane chose all the moves obviously dedicates his look and hairstyle everything you can yeah. milk that gimmick for uh he does um but I don't think he gets enough credit as like actually between the ropes. Uh, he was a pivotal, a pivotal part of the X division first ultimate yeah. X winner. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I give him some props because I don't, I don't think he's around too much. Uh, anymore. Yeah. I think he changes his name to Mike Bentley. He um, does. He has to take the name of uh, his real name, Matt Bentley. Um, that's right. And they yep. do that Bentley bounce bullshit. Um, but uh, because the Shane twins who were the Johnsons, uh, left to right. go to WWE, and their names are really Michael Shane and Johnson was, uh, Shane or something. Jim, Gemini, right? Je yep, the Gemini twins. Yeah. Yeah. Who could forget? Who could forget? I um, only try. I try. <laughs> uh, backstage. Yeah. So we don't need to cover every segment here, but this is yeah. particularly funny to me. Uh, Dusty Rhodes is backstage in his uh, office. Yeah. which is a uh, a conference room with no he's no laptop, no papers in front of him. He's just sitting there in his conference room. And then uh, you know, Tito Ortiz walks in. Yeah. And uh, let's have a little sit down. And Tito says <laughs> that hard justice will be served. <laughs> he says it twice. You know that shit was fed to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was organic, man. What are you no. talking about? He's like, that. No, we don't care what you say. Just work in hard justice. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably you might be kidding, but it's like, probably similar to what he was told. Yeah. Um, and after that, we get a uh, a promo from Raven, a pretty fun promo act. I always love listening to Raven talk. Same, same. So the story here is that he was scheduled for a match, which I believe is the next match, a uh, Clockwork Orange of. Uh, oh, let me make sure I have this. Clockwork name right. Orange House of Fun. There, there, there it is. So he was scheduled. To face Jeff Hardy, yeah. but uh, in my research, apparently Jeff Hardy uh, missed some flights. Who knows why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a it was a weird period for Jeff Hardy. Yeah, that's for sure. for sure. So who knows? And I think he ended up getting suspended after yeah, it because he like, ended this up showing the first up time at like eleven something. Yeah, so it was very yeah. Like <laughs> I said, it was uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so uh, to fill in for Jeff Hardy is Sean Waltman, mm -hmm. aka X Pac, which Raven says multiple times yeah <laughs> doesn't give a fuck no so but in all honesty it was a weird like you know x-pac really but this match may have been my favorite match of the show it's funny i i remember this like once i started watching this i remembered kind of the where i was and how i felt about each match at, at the time yeah. when i was younger um but i remember looking for this match and i don't know why i don't know if it was when the internet wasn't uh, that's how old I am when the internet, you know, 2010, somewhere yeah, around yeah. there where, you know, it wasn't uh, everything you could find now. And uh, I was trying to remember this match and where I found it. And I, I thought I watched it on DVD again and I couldn't. Um, so it was really cool for it to pop up on this. Um, mm -hmm. I remember every spot on that. I remember how bloody it was. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I do think happened here and I want to make a, I made a mention uh, in my notes. 
he kept mentioning X-Pac was his, well, first of all, Terry Taylor says, do you care who your opponent is um, now that Jeff Hardy, or do you just want to beat mm-hmm. someone up? And Raven went into his spiel, and then ac- I think he accidentally said X-Pac. Like, I don't think he was supposed to name the person at all. It was supposed to be a surprise, whatever. Oh, yeah? I didn't catch that. You're probably right, though. Yeah, because he looked like a, a you know, a, what is that, deer in headlights. He was just like, and then he kept right. go- and he keeps going. <laughs> that's um, kind of what Raven looks like, though. Right. So, you know, I didn't really think too much about it. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, and then uh, Waltman comes down not to his music. Like, a, I, it feels like on the fly uh, uh, audible. Right. I'm sure it was. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like you said, uh, Raven, he says he just wants to hurt somebody. Now it right. has to be X-Pot. Right. And then um, to set the scene here. So uh, if anybody's wondering what a clockwork orange house of fun matches. So we have the six sided ring. We have a one basically one side of the ring is a cage. Um, and there's weapons hanging. There's, you know, sh- you know, rope or string or whatever with weapons hanging from it, um, from the, the different posts and just all over the place. You know, chairs, trash cans, uh, staple guns, yep. you know, just the normal hardware for a pro wrestling <laughs> yeah. match. Yeah. And uh, man, like, yeah, so this is my first time seeing this match and it oh, was man. like brutal. Yeah. Raven, they're both both busted open, like within the first 60 right. seconds. It feels like um, trash cans, trash can lids. Yeah. Beginning crazy. of it's kind of just like a bunch of mindless, like hitting with weapons. So I was right. like, oh, it's going to be one of those deals. Um, but then it eventually picked up, you know, you get it, uh, X-Pac, I'm gonna call him X-Pac, X-Pac hits the, uh, Bronco Buster on the Raven, followed by an X-Factor, but doesn't try to pin him, just, uh, tosses him out and, uh, sets him up on a table on the outside. X-Pac climbs to the top rope and hits a swanton bomb, let's call it, (laughs) guess trying to, you know. Yeah. Give give the fans that Jeff they, Hardy element, which is pretty much probably what would have happened in the match, right. I guess. They probably did the same exact match. <laughs> I I bet you they did. I bet you they did. Um, so we have a uh, – it's false count anywhere, but he gets a two count from that uh, crazy. Back in the ring, Raven hits an even flow DDT once again for a two count. Uh, then they go back to the outside. And Raven just fucking chucks X-Pac off the stage. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe you were able to yeah. tell this more than I was. It looked like. So he was clearly trying to make, make him or try to throw him through a table that was set up on the floor. Okay. It looked like he missed it. Did you see that or no? Are you. Wait, which. I'm sorry. You're talking about. So Raven through the cage. No. So they're fighting on the ramp. Right. And he Raven throws X-Pac oh. off this off the ramp to the floor below. Okay. Yeah, it was really dark over there. And it's like there was obviously right. maybe the camera wasn't ready for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like a table was like on its side, but still intact. That's why I asked. So yeah, like, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know too much <laughs> watching it. I was like, damn, I couldn't barely see anything. So I, I don't know if uh, it was maybe supposed to be a table that was set up for Jeff and they just were like, oh, I'll throw him onto it. And yeah. it didn't work out. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Yeah, we'll just see. What's X- the worst that could happen? Xbox here for the drug money at this point anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But then uh, Raven, they get back to the ring. Raven handcuffs X-Pac to the ring post, his hands around it. And then he just beats him with a kendo stick. Uh, vulnerable, can't defend himself. Uh, Raven grabs the mic and does the whole uh, Tommy Dreamer Sandman bit where just to say you tell me to start whatever he says, tell me to stop. But then Xbox like, no, give me another. Like they literally just recreate it. And I think they don't recreate it. Cause Xbox no, he like, says, uh, he says, uh, he says, give me more pussy. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I had to write that down. 
Yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, man, X-Pac. That was great. Yeah. Um, especially in 2005. That's not really a thing you commonly saw right. even on a, pay-per-view. You know what's crazy, not to interrupt you, but 33-year-old X-Pac, by the way. Like, I, yeah. you know, for some reason, I, and I know he left WWE, but he was obviously one, two, three kids, so he was there from the get-go um, as right. far as being young and coming up. But 33 in 2005, and Raven was 41. Like, in, in your head, because of all the rhetoric that has been kind of yeah. told about TNA and WCW Pride, you always think like, oh, these guys were in their 50 or something, you know? But Right, yeah. X-Pac could go. He was going. Yeah, and X-Pac is as younger than most of the WWE roster <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. He looks great in great shape too. He yeah. really looked like one, two, three kid. Like yeah. he was looking really lean. Um, uh, Dusty Rhodes comes out because uh, X Pac is still handcuffed to the ring post. So Dusty's like, "What the fuck? You can't, you can't handcuff your opponent? Um, How is he going to get pinned?" So they kind of him and a ref unlock X Pac from the ring post, um, which allows X Pac to grab a staple gun that's hanging. Yeah. from the uh the ropes in the ring or whatever and then uh you know staples raven in the head multiple times which i feel like it's an easy thing maybe there's no staples in it who knows nah. but it's <laughs> the effect especially in 2005 i was like man that looks so legit and the crowd's reacting to that way but i think they went bananas the they crowd went spoiled crazy. they're not spoiled by it now we're like oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay whatever but literally in aw a couple years ago you have jimmy havoc stapling you know shit to right. joey janela's crotch <laughs> it's like that's <laughs> yeah, fine that's the norm. Neat transition move. That's a um, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then they get back into the ring and Raven backdrops X-Pac through the cage, knocking the cage over to the floor below. Right. Looked great. I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. Um, then that's what gives Raven the win. So Raven gets out, pins X-Pac and Raven gets the win. Really fucking fun match. Yeah. You know, and, and surprising, as you said, having a replacement being X-Pac. I mean, it's not yeah. like they went and looked for someone of similar build and, and talent as Jeff Hardy. They obviously have different uh, movesets and, and styles. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of just went with what they already had prepared. Because this was pretty damn good and uh, cohesive and, and felt like they had chemistry for two guys who just did it on a fly. But once again, they're veterans and professionals. Mm-hmm. So who knows? But yeah, I was, I was thoroughly entertained by this and uh, I was happy to see it again. Now, the one cool thing about the spot that I, I really like was when the, I always thought when he fell through the cage, it looked kind of weak. I was like, ah, oh, okay. It probably, you know, it fell. It looked weak. Mm-hmm. But now watching it back, he actually hits the apron first or the, you know, the ring, uh, the apron. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, uh, the hardest part of the ring, actually. And then, Takes an apron bump, <laughs> yeah, you say? <laughs> and um, yeah, and then he falls. And then Raven just lazy, just rolls down the cage and just pins him. Yeah. Just good shit. I mean, it puts over how exhausted these guys are. And yeah. that's more of like a, a straw that broke the camel's back kind of deal. So that's, I, I, that's I like fair. the finish. Yeah, I did. Too. Um, yeah, just to play devil's advocate there. But uh, oh, no, I love it. Love it. It was just uh, watching it back. I was uh pleasantly surprised you see, you see staple guns come into play and you're like oh man they're gonna whip out something crazy here yeah and right. it just kind of falls <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't bad i thought it looked good watching it back for yeah. the first time in a while absolutely absolutely um after that we have a backstage segment with ddp so there's a lot going on here yeah. so the, the next match is like oh man it's it, so there's a whole like so you have three live crew which you brought up earlier Love which is uh BG James, who's uh, Road Dog. You have B. Ron Gizzle. Killings. Sorry, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, R Truth and then Conan. 
so there is K Dog. Well, he, yeah, that's right. I think it was just Conan here. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe one less is, or something. Uh, like Ron Truth Killing. Oh says, yeah, uh, yeah, the suntan Superman. So I always is he? <laughs> yeah, I was just in the I've song. Never heard yeah. that one. K Dog. Yeah, that was uh, Wolfpack. K-Dog, Conan, yeah. right? K Dizzle um, probably or something. Probably, you know, whatever the kids are saying in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a whole like end fighting with three live crew because yeah. uh, we just recently saw the debut of the outlaw, aka Billy Gunn. Yes, man. Um, the ass man, the one and only. <laughs> and so there's a whole, you know, is BG James aligned with the outlaw? Is he not? Um, Conan's pissed at BG James and then, you know, truth is kind of like the middleman trying to make the peace. So there's this whole like kind of conflict there, but none of that really plays into this show. I don't, Conan's not there. I don't know if he uh, was scheduled to be there and wasn't, uh, or if they just didn't factor him in somehow. Um, didn't want to pay his appearance. Yeah. So DDP was scheduled to team with BG James, but BG James apparently isn't there. Right. Um, which is funny considering they literally just had a real life thing. Where I, Jeff Hardy. I, I wrote missed. that down. I was like, man, TNA couldn't think on the fly here and just say uh, he got in a car, like something to give us yeah. a specific thing instead of making it look like all your talents don't want to show up. <laughs> right. Yeah. <Jesus> <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah. And then there's a video package for this next match. And a lot of it revolves around Conan and all this stuff. Right. I kind of just laid out long because he's, yeah, because he's really like the catalyst for all the conflict going on. But then he's not in the match. And, you know, DDP hasn't been he wasn't on any of the impacts leading up to the show. Really? He, he appeared at the pay-per-view before this. Right. So he wasn't in the storyline at all. It was, it was very random okay. that he was in this. So we have a tag team match here. DDP and Ron Killings. I, mean, I should mention Ron Killings is the one that took uh, BG James place. Yes. Um, so DDP and Ron Killings versus Monty Brown and the Outlaw. Uh, otherwise known as uh, Jeff Jarrett's henchman. Yeah. And this match, man, this match had no steam at all to it. I, uh, no one in that building cared Gave about this shit. match, inclu- including the people wrestling. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you know what? I will say, so I wrote this down as well. Cause I was like, man, they are all moving slow and not methodically. Mm-hmm. Like none of the movements yeah. made sense. Um, and, so I looked up the ages of them so, and I thought maybe that played a part, but DDP was 49, which take it for however you want. Jericho's 51 right now and he's still, mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. Um, yeah. Not the best, but so you got that. Uh, and then 43 for uh, the outlaw, also eventually known as Kip James, eventually known as Monty Sop and eventually known as cute Kip. Right. So more names <laughs> to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, He um, was moving better in his match against uh, QT Marshall last right. week. <laughs> right. Um, but the other two guys are 33 and 35, so it's not a matter of age. I just no. I, maybe given a shit or or, or no, I, it's hard because I think Truth does. I think Monty Brown cared at that time, but mm-hmm. maybe DDP and Outlaw are just kind of going through the motions and um, wrestling at yeah. Universal Studios. Yeah, Outlaw. I mean, I'll, I couldn't imagine he gives a shit. Uh, DDP. This is the beginning of DDP yoga, so maybe that's more of his. Uh, it was nice, though. I will mention this. I have that too, where he actually went back to his origins. You got to remember, right before this, he was in WWE, where he was positively mm-hmm. page and he was not going through the crowd and he was smiling yeah. and being weird, uh, or trying to. Um, well, I don't want to say that word. Uh, assault. Go for it. The Undertaker's wife. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, to see him back going through the crowd and throwing up diamond cards, that was nice, but. 
Yeah, he's there. Yeah. (laughs) Like you said, he's there for diamond cutters. That's that's fine. You know, this this is a period in TNA's history where they're just trying to get as many names Mm -hmm. as they can. Like on that uh, that first that first pay-per-view they had Victory Road, they brought in Jimmy Snuka and (laughs) Roddy Piper. Um, you know, like like Billy Gunn here. You Mark, got yeah, Road Dog. Johnny B. Bad was in the. Oh, Johnny I, B. I, Bad I was to at that pay per view. So, Could always so be was uh, Disco Inferno was there. Johnny Swinger, uh, man. man, Macho Man Macho. was there. Beat Jeff Jarrett and then just disappeared. Um, what they they had some growing pains for for, <laughs> for sure. But uh, I lived through them all, baby. <laughs> so. If anything, if anyone knows anything about you, is that you're a big Phi Delta Slam mark. I am, actually. No, I'm not. Yeah? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, like, oh, shit. It's- but, you know, for their time, they moved really well for big guys. Um, uh-huh. I remember them vividly because they had been originally with the company under a different name uh, during the Fox Sport Net era. So I'm guessing they're going to be Florida guys, if I had to guess. Um, never did too much Could research be. on them. Um, and eventually they do get Trinity to connect all this. Eventually Trinity is right. their... Um, their manager following well, Trinity is actually brings them in. So oh. there was a whole, okay. it was a few months before this, whereas uh, Trinity and Tracy both had teams right. that represented them. And I think, it was, yeah, like you said, Trinity is the one oh. that brought in uh so this is Delta prior. It, yes. Yes. So prior to this hard justice, Trinity was a heel brought in final to slam. Yep. And now she's a fate. Okay, sure. Correct. And then uh, you had Tracy bringing in uh DOA. Right. So you had DOA versus Phi Delta Slam in like a 20, fin- 20 minute fucking match. I remember that shit. That was hard. It's awful. Not justice. Not justice. That was just hard. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, back to the match. I mean, yes, yeah, so I bring up, I bring that up because Phi Delta yeah. Slam interferes right. for no reason. I mean, there's no. I don't know what the story is here, um, no. and I'm watching every impact, so I would know. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but DDP gives them both diamond cutters. Uh, one of them, he gives it off the second rope, which right. is pretty good. Um, Billy Gunn tries to hit the one and only onto DDP, but DDP low blows him right in front of the ref, by the way. Just throwing it off there. <laughs> well, in his defense, I don't, you got to watch it back because it hit the inside of his leg. And I don't know if Tanae was just trying to cover, but he was like, oh, we hit him right in a, a perfectly placed kick. And I was like, what the f- I don't know if he was okay. trying to sell it or, but it was, yeah. Let's be honest. It's Monty Brown. It's <laughs> you kick him anywhere in the leg. Yeah. It's probably a love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Point taken. Point taken. Point taken. But Monty Brown recovers and hits the pounce onto DDP. Is it on DDP? Yeah. I believe it was. Yeah. Yep. DDP took the, uh, the pinfall. And uh, yeah. And I should mention that this is kind of another kind of layer to this is, uh, when DDP faced Jeff Jarrett for the world title, it was uh, I Destination X that a few months right. ago. That's when Monty Brown turned, and yeah. he turned on DDP, which you know, that's when he aligned with Jeff Jarrett. So that's another layer to the story. Okay. But again, so I guess that's why DDP's in this. Uh, sure. in, in that sense, it makes sense, but nobody cared. Nobody cared. Just people want to hear the music and, and do the shape. It could have been t- two seconds, yeah. and then the, the fans would have been happy. Would have been fine. So we brought up Chris Candido earlier yeah so that's what uh what happens next so the back we have a backstage segment i guess it was a uh an interview that was filmed earlier in the day uh mike Tanay is conducting the interview with the naturals andy douglas and uh, chase stevens so uh for anybody unaware so the naturals were managed by chris candido chris candido kind of brought them to uh prominence 
in the, the months previous to this. Um, and they're heels, by the way. And uh, Chris Candido passes away. And now we have this weird situation where we have, you know, not, you know, not that it's important, but you have the heel tag teams champions. Uh, you know, now they're pretty much a de facto baby faces because they have all the sympathy with Chris Candido. And uh, they're facing off defending their titles against AMW. Uh, James Storm and uh, Chris Harris and they're AMW at this time. And you could probably, you know, agree, disagree because you're watching at the time. Right. AMW is arguably more over than any other act going on. That's fair. At this time. That's fair. Uh, up there with AJ Styles yeah. and stuff like that. Of their like, division, especially. Yeah. For sure. And they were I've said this before, but TNA in, in 2005, there wasn't really tag team wrestling. Right. And not in WWE, at yeah. least. So the, the the fact that they had such a really they they had such a quality tag division was one of those things that set them apart, and it was one of the major reasons why they had su- such a buzz no, like at this time period. It's a great point, you know, because I think if you look at it as a whole, I mean, from two thousand two to now, even mm-hmm. Impact's claim to fame has always been taking what isn't the normal. It had to be giving women a chance, uh, giving the, yeah. the small guys a chance, uh, doing tag team wrestling. Then people pick up and then they, you know, they have to get to that level. And then no one remembers that TNA, you know, did it first or, or did it uh, to get it to this prominence. But yeah, their their division there was on fire. The X division was already on fire. Um, it's always been the heavyweights, always been the heavyweights. Yeah. that, uh, And we'll get to that. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but the uh, NWA World Tag Team titles are on the line. The Naturals versus AMW. Yeah. Uh, the Naturals come out with the uh, symbolic yellow towel for uh, Chris Candido. They set up a chair ringside and put the towel on the chair. So good, good little tribute there uh, for Candido. The match itself, it uh, you know a lot of it's brawling on the outside, you know, running each other into the rails, right. and there's even some boring chants from the crowd. Which I mean, to be fair, it was a little dull in the beginning. Yeah. Um, there's a fun spot where a, a fan in the crowd uh, holds up a chair. And uh, Storm throws uh, Chase Stevens into it. Yeah. I don't know if that was intentionally there for as a, like an homage to Chris Candido because he was you know very prominent in ECW yeah. and that was a big thing there. Um, but towards the end, it really picks up. You have everybody in the ring. It's really breaks down into like to a tornado style match. We have a uh, yeah. Tower of Doom spot. Everyone's hitting their finisher. Uh, but towards the end or at the end, uh, Andy Douglas rolls up James Storm. Mm-hmm. And has his feet on the ropes, just like Chris Candido yeah. would do, um, giving the Naturals the win. So it's a weird situation where the Naturals, the heels, win in a heelish way, but the crowd loves it. Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody understands the, the symbolism. There. You know, it's the, the one thing I have written down here. I, I put weird spot, heel to face. And that's really what it comes down to, uh, where mm. it's the crowd doesn't know how to react. Uh, but they make their choice rather soon <laughs> and, and, yeah. and fully go with uh, the naturals who have been heels up to this point. So uh, also backstory is that uh, I don't think America's Most Wanted has ever beat the naturals. Correct. Especially at this yes. point. Um, so this wasn't the best of their four matches that they had or well, all together for. Um, but they were in a weird spot. And, and for what it was, I think they, they obviously uh, made the best of it. But it was mm-hmm. there. And uh, it was nice to have the Candido Candido uh, wink or thank or yeah. praise. Or it was pretty much it was there to you know as an homage to Candido. Yeah. Like you said, they have had better matches, but given the circumstances, you know. I do have I have a question for you actually. Are you, you did you stop at Hard Justice or are you past? So I'm still I'm going to continue to review these these shows. Okay. 
Um, but I haven't reviewed anything after this. Oh, okay. No. Um, they made a mention, and I'll have to, because I won't go watch it myself. <laughs> but <laughs> if you could tell me later, they made a mention of a a legend giving them right. giving them uh, praise or, or or good, you know, um, giving them the yeah. time of day, and they didn't think they would. I thought it was Jimmy Hart. I didn't want to look it up. Mm. But if you could tell me when you actually get to that show, I, I, I know Jimmy Hart's there. I think he was even like a talking head and like some ah, you're package right. Maybe during that's the why show. I thought that. <laughs> so uh, you could be right, but it'd be very like, who gives a shit? But like, maybe it's you know. Tammy. <laughs> Dude, TNA, nothing is, is off limits for them. So literally could be anything yeah. if she's not in jail at this point. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> after this, we have. The X Division title on the line. Everybody's favorite legend. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chris Daniels is there, whatever. But we have Shocker. <laughs> Christopher Daniels, the champion, defending against Shocker from the McDonald's commercial. From the Did McDonald's you know that? Commercial. Yeah, I don't That's how it. he was introduced to the TNA audience. Yeah, I don't care if uh, it was a Burger King commercial, it was, uh, <laughs> it was Taco Bell. The guy sucks. And they, they make him like his gimmick is that he's so handsome and all this shit and but all they talk yeah thousand guapo that i saw that his trunks were cool i'll mm. give him that they were kind of cool for that age but um <laughs> I, I when it happened originally and i know exactly what you're talking about when he took off the mask and mm-hmm. uh today's like he's from the mcdonald's commercial he's who, i don't i don't care what, what is <laughs> nobody that? cares Dude, it was hilarious because, like you said, they do the thing. He comes in. He has, like, an all-black outfit, the black mask. I think so, yeah. He stands in the middle of a ring. He's, yo, he does this dramatic. And then nobody knows who this fucking guy is. He's smiling. They're going for the whole DDP reveal from 2001. But it was just like, who? Uh, Um, Yeah, it was rough. But he is. Uh, I didn't know at the time, but I've since learned that he's like a legitimate, you know, wrestler from CMLL, I believe. Yeah, CMML, CMLL, and then um, eight AAA after that. He he is a good wrestler. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and but uh, the match itself was it was fine. You know, I didn't I didn't hate it at all. Um, it was you know not a Chris Daniels caliber kind of match right. you'd expect, yeah. but um, it was fine for what it was. There was a six spot where. Uh, I believe uh, Shocker hit a tilt-a-whirl from... So Daniels is on the apron. Mm-hmm. Shocker is on the turnbuckle. He hits a tilt-a-whirl to the outside, and Daniels lands. There's like a little space in between uh, padding on the outside, yeah. and Daniels managed to bullseye right, right. on that country. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I have that down. <laughs> oh, uh, God. So I'm glad I'm not alone. Like, at this time, uh, in a non-depressing way, I'm going to say, <laughs> but yeah. I, I wasn't really around a lot of people... Uh, that were into TNA, especially at that time, watching on Fox mm-hmm. Sportnet at 3 p.m. Uh, after school or between school. <laughs> right. um, so it's interesting to hear people actually uh, agree that Shocker was the drizzling shits. Um, <laughs> because, you know, and it's, and once again, I do have to give him credit because you're right. He, he is a, elsewhere a big name. It's not his fault that Impact booked him as, or TNA booked him as, um, yeah. as McDonald's guy. Also, he was... Uh, shotgunned in there because of Hector Garza, Hector Garza's uh, issues at the border. Originally, he was going to be their big mega star from Mexico right. to to keep that relationship going, but unfortunately, uh, he got busted, and this was the consolation prize. Um, and it just didn't pan out. It it and I think he he uh, kind of fizzled out after this. I don't remember him doing. I believe much. so. 
because uh, not until I started reviewing these older shows, I had never even heard of Shocker. So uh, oh, wow. I get, he apparently didn't make <laughs> a lasting yeah. effect on the company. And it's funny you bring up Hector Garza, too. I completely forgot he was because they were pushing him hard. He won you know, that uh, uh, victory, uh, victory Road you're talking about. Yes. He won the gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. He was you know, Scott Hall came in. They were like building up to a match between him and Scott Hall. Oh, really? Um, you'll say what you want about Scott Hall in 2005, but he's a big name. Yeah. So it's like. They had, they had some plans for him, but then he kind of just disappeared. And I never really, I, I figured he got injured or something. Busted but I guess, at the border with steroids. You know, I can't say I'm surprised, but. Um, you know, unfortunately, is rest, is, is. Rest, in, rest in peace. Um, yeah, <laughs> all due respect. <laughs> I want to shit on the guy. I do want to make a mention, though, and I had to look this up because Mike, says, uh, Mike Tanay says something about, I don't know if it's before Shocker loses or after. Um, but he says, oh, we could have or just could have had whatever way he, he words it the first mexican x division champion or champion in tna history right yeah i looked into it do you know there's only one like true mexican champion in to, x division history to this day to this day wow really and it's tigre uno eight years later five years later that sounds familiar oh no sorry eight wow wait i can't read my own random handwriting <laughs> someone looked it up i don't know but yeah i think t great uno was uh destination america time frame so that's 2012 yeah. um right so yeah seven eight years that's yeah that's crazy i'm trying to think i can't think of anybody off the top of my head so i believe you yeah if someone uh, calls me out and go ahead but I, I looked and yeah that's what i saw i was like damn <laughs> Mike right because you have aj aj styles christopher daniels samoa joe they're kind of in the thick of it as far as the titles. Right. And then you have people like, you know, Chris Sabin and Michael Shane and stuff like that. So yeah, I guess, I guess that makes Jerry sense. Lynn. It's very surprising though. Yeah, Jerry Lynn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Kurt Angle yeah. <laughs> for a day. But, um, the, my, my note on this match is, uh, the finish where, uh, Daniels completely misses the best moonsault ever. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just does a uh, he gets back up and does a split leg moon salt. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck it. That sums we're gonna, up we're gonna do some flippy. <laughs> yeah, it really was. There wasn't really a lot going on in the match, no. you know, other than the kind of spots you've already talked about. Um, but you know, a pretty cool finish with an angel's wings from the second rope. Yeah. Um, so that was good. The, the finish was good, the match was fine. Um, but like you said, Shocker kind of just uh fizzles out after yeah. this, and then we get Samoa Joe next month. So that's that's the story for a long time. Upgrade. Yeah. yeah, isn't he? He's champion for a very long time, I believe, right? Samoa Joe. Undefeated until Kurt Angle, uh, just like Taz. Right. So um, 16 months sounds familiar in my head. That sounds about right. 16 Yeah, because it was... Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Because it was uh, just after Bound for Glory, because mm-hmm. um, they had a match after that. Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, so Chris Daniels retains. And then we have the gauntlet for the gold... <sighs> Battle Royal, twenty yeah. man Royal Rumble, basically, mm-hmm. um, and then the final two it turns into a singles match. Right. Um, so I'm I'm fine with the the format of it. I love I the guess. format. Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, Bobby Roode is the first, yep. number two, <laughs> Zach Gowan makes a comeback. He does. He a started short lived comeback. Did he? Yeah. Did he? Really? Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, I only think of him getting bludgeoned by Brock Lesnar. Oh, oh, down the stairs in the wheelchair. 
<laughs> oh, all of it, That's man. Great. It was like it felt like several months straight. Well, he, he was uh, there's one where wild. he's in a wheelchair, I believe, and Brock Lesnar just throws him down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn, this kid worked for his money, man. But yeah, um, yeah, I'll let you get into all the other the people there, but uh um what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I, I love the format. I do want to mention that uh at the time, you know, we're used to the Royal Rumble, you throw the person out and there's mm-hmm. either a wonky finish or there's not. But with this, you know, they they impact or jesus i'm so used to saying impact now tna nwa tna um chose their first champion the same way um where it was a 20-man battle royal last two and uh end off and whoever wins that match uh is the champion but this case was for number one contendership right yeah honestly i i didn't i didn't bother you know taking notes on every entrant and oh okay all that stuff i will say i I gotta mention i gotta mention triton i fucking love his hilariously small head just eight foot tall and has the head the size of my fist oh ryan wilson man uh so if you remember he was in red or black shirt red red shirt security for about a year prior to this um Mm. and then they just randomly gave him this gimmick where uh he had the ultimate warrior uh symbol for some reason with the eyes painted and then he had the uh I think it was a Matrix slash Undertaker ripoff. I don't even know what the hell it was. He, they didn't he know also what it was. Out, which is a shame because he actually looked pretty good in this match besides the peanut head. But Yeah. <laughs> I was very... Because he had a match with uh, Monty Brown, yeah. I believe. It was Destination X. That was his that first match. match. It was his debut. That was his debut. Yep. And uh, like you said, his gimmick was... He would basically show up on Impact out of the tunnel, out of the smoke, do his little hand gesture, yeah. and then disappear. And then Monty Brown's... Oh, Every week yeah. for like three weeks straight. Are they you do uh, the exact same thing? Are you familiar with the movie Grandma's Boy? Is that um, Nick Swartzen, right? Yeah. Well, if, I'm, I'm I'm kind of familiar. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you get a chance, uh, watch it and tell me if you think Triton's in there, and then we'll. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> then we'll reconvene. <laughs> reconvene about yeah. This. Uh, yeah, but uh, there are a lot of people in that, and that's what I was alluding to earlier. This this gauntlet really mm-hmm. showed how the how thin the lack of depth was. Uh, in the main yeah. event scene for impact it was jeff Jarrett and whoever jeff Jarrett and this person um ex wwe guy here ex- so they were yeah. never really focused um and i know it sounds hypocritical because aj or not hypocritical but uh well yeah aj styles is about to have the main event but that didn't right. last but so long um but yeah you had zach gowan uh the whole team canada lance hoyt sighting that was cool um, yeah Lance Hoyt was super over. He was. By the way, he was he was like a cult favorite in the Apex Zone, which is, it's it was rough, fun to you see. Know, it's rough for Lance Hoyt because he turned into something great, um, but he was always missing. He was so green at the beginning, and they put him out there with oh, yeah. uh, he has Dallas with Cash, and then um, mm-hmm. then they put him into uh, Hoytomania, which is what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. And then I think he did Rock and Rave Infection. They just didn't know what to do with him here. I don't know if it was the the tramp stamp or what, but they just never. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just know it's always the bad back tattoos that impact pushes and doesn't know what to do um and he just added some more until you know (laughs) he just became one walking tattoo matt morgan gunner they all come um yeah yeah who else was in here that i thought was interesting um i like the continuity between sabin and shane i was glad that they took each other out and keep going on that yeah um uh, a jarell clark sighting which i love mr 630 mr 630 uh, jonathan gresham or vice versa um same same build like a smaller smaller guy yep um just very uh same smoothness to him up and uh it was good to see him and then i also wrote up bg james so i guess his 
car made it eventually? He made it on. I guess he uh, he found the gas tank. Found the gas. He was able to fill it up. <laughs> got there. Figured it out. <laughs> and then him and Outlaw have a moment where they work well together. And then. Yeah. So that was probably the most prominent part of it because I brought it up before. There's kind of like a are they together? Or are they not right. together thing? But the former New Age Outlaws, um, they were kind of like unintentionally working together. Right. You know, one guy would hit his finisher and then the other guy would toss him out and then vice versa. And they're kind of like teasing, like they're like staring each other down and then they both get eliminated by Abyss. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> which brings it to the the final two, which is Abyss and Ron Killings. Uh, but before we get into that, anything else from the Battle Royal? Yes, yes. Uh, as much as we talk shit about the outlaw not caring, the two one and onlys done to Mikey Bats. Dude, <laughs> that was worth the price of the oh, pay-per-view yeah. alone. Yeah, he did it once. And I think Billy Gunn wasn't used to uh, to hearing that kind of pop in a while, I guess. No, was there was like, a one more yeah, time like, chance. So he's like, okay. well, goddamn, kid, let's do it again. <laughs> I haven't catered to the audience in a long time. Let's just, um, but yeah, no, that was cool. And Mikey Bats. Oh, my God. I forgot how much that kid used to get air. But uh, right. But other than that, you know, <laughs> nothing. I have nothing else. <laughs> nothing on uh, Cassidy Riley. You know, it was just, <laughs> you know, Cassidy Riley. Was he a hot shot with Andy Douglas Pryor? Was that their gimmick, or was it Chase Stevens? Couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Okay, so I know it's either yeah. Pryor or after this. Uh, Cassidy Riley is besides Raven's follower, which I think he is next. Um, is in a tag team with one of the naturals as the hot shots. Uh, right. So they kind of try to reinvent him, I guess. And he was over. I don't know why. Um, All I've seen from him is him being an enhancement guy. It seems like he, uh, every week on impact, he gets beaten by abyss. Right. Yeah. So and he was, was for like, a while, but yeah, no Cassidy Riley, uh, Jarrell Clark, uh, Saban, Shane, uh, EY at the point too. So all these smaller guys, yeah. man, that just uh, had no chance in this match. And yet we were supposed to think they did. Yeah. But uh, final two, as I mentioned, Ron Killings and Abyss. So now at this point, it is a uh, regular match. Uh, they fight on the outside a bit. Uh, on the inside, or Abyss grabs a chain from somewhere. I, don't really, I didn't really see where he got it from. But he got a chain. Yeah. Uh, the ref takes it from him. Nah, he's not going to use this chain. And then the ref takes the chain. He walks to the opposite side of the ring. And he is just fumbling with this chain for what <laughs> seems like two minutes straight. Doesn't know how to drop a chain to the floor. Right. Um, I don't know if he's unhooking, like you know, wrapping it around like a like a extension cord. What does he do? I don't know what he's doing. But uh, the ref is has his back turned, right. which is the reason <laughs> behind it, uh, which allows uh, Ron Killings to grab a chair, cracks Abyss over the head with it twice. Uh, the ref doesn't hear it though. Don't worry, the ref doesn't. Right, hear it. of course. Um. But Abyss eventually eventually fights back the monster that he is. Right. Gives uh, Ron Killings a choke slam onto the steel chair uh, for a two count. And then we get this really awkward spot where Ron Killings is on the mat on his back. He has the chair on his chest. Abyss goes for, uh, I believe it was Earthquake that had this finisher where he would run and then jump and sit on the guy. He never hits it. Yeah. Never hits it. <laughs> and then, so... Ron Killings has the chair on his chest. He rotates it so that the the edge of it is where Abyss is going to land. But they like awkwardly like botch it. The, the timing's off. I don't know what it is. Uh, so they just do it again. Like yeah. we didn't just see it. Um, so Abyss, Abyss lands Gooch first on the chair. 
And uh, apparently chairs are fine now, according to the ref. Right, right. But uh, <laughs> abyss rules. The finish, the finish was fun though. Uh, Truth uh, jumps off the, uh, the top rope or second rope, whatever it is. But abyss catches him right into the black hole slam. Love that. Movie. Looks beautiful. beautiful. Uh, giving abyss the win, and abyss is now the number one contender for the NWA World Heavyweight Title. And uh, apparently both guys were really banged up from this match. Yeah. I think uh, Abyss had to get stitches. Yeah. And I think Ron Killian's had his, some, his jaw was fucked up yeah, or something. Tooth, I think he split his tooth too or something. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, it was fun yeah. for what it was. I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure when he put the chair this way, he put it on his face and it oh, chipped his tooth, his man. own tooth. They don't teach you that in wrestling. They don't. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm glad it was cool to see Abyss win here. Um, Mm-hmm. Because good to see old Abyss. I always love when Abyss was thinner and moving yeah. fast and uh, and uh, not talking. Not that he can't. I just always like that version of him the best. Uh, so it was cool yeah. uh, for that reason. Uh, and I love Ron Killings. I do. So it was cool that they were the two last ones. But um, unfortunately, I know how that title shot ends. So <laughs> right. That, uh, <laughs> but we won't talk about it. We won't talk about. I'll it. let you figure that out later. <laughs> um, but that brings us to the main event. The NWA World Heavyweight title is on the line with a special guest referee, Tito Ortiz, which has been battered into our heads for several weeks on Impact and I think a couple times on this show. Tito Ortiz is the special enforcer. Uh, It is Jeff Jarrett, the champion, versus AJ Styles. Not a ton of build between AJ and Jeff specifically, like I mentioned, it was pretty much, oh, Tito Ortiz is there. What's going to happen? Right. Um, like you mentioned, they're kind of capitalizing off the uh, UFC. They're, the UFC is really starting to get steam yes. at this point, too, with the Ultimate Fighter. They're really becoming popular. So um, I can't fault them for involving Tito Ortiz here. Yeah, I think at the time, like you said, it was it was booming. And, and at the same time, yeah. no one knew that MMA and and wrestling really wasn't going to work out. <laughs> so yeah. the t- you know, they're just trying to capitalize as they did with a lot of celebrities. They did try to. Yeah. They had a, uh, Oh, what was his name? The NASCAR guy, Jeff Hammond. Hermie they had him. Yeah. <laughs> they had Jeff Hammond. Uh, I believe that was the last match Kaz had before he left. He lost to Jeff. Hammond. Get the hell out of here. Do you know what his finishing move is? R- racism. So he's, he's, <laughs> they just crumple to the ground uh but uh so it's called the pit stop elbow so he's a nascar guy right right so he uh he gets his little thing right and he runs around the ring he runs in a circle and he hits the elbow after driving it's people's elbow i do not that must have purposely been out i remember hermie sadler (laughs) and his uh his program with ron the truth killings um right in the beginning, which was interesting, but no, I don't remember. I'll have to go or not look back and watch. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Is it worth it? Avoid Hermie Sadler. No, it's not. Okay, it's not at all. I'll send you. I'll send you a GIF of his finisher, and that there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I really like this match. Yeah. This uh, this main event here, I think, because I've seen a lot of Jeff Jarrett yeah. recently. Um, both I do another timeline uh, of 1995, and I just uh, saw him uh, win the Intercontinental Title, oh, and nice. he's. Uh, just as uninteresting then as he is here. Oh, so <laughs> there is that small um, window where he was kind of cool. The slap nuts, uh, yes, from WWF later right, yeah, to yeah. WCW, and then 
well not all guitar of them. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah this match is, is it's a, a the most pure wrestling match i've seen from jeff jarrett yeah. and his his tna run yeah. up to this point um you know jarrett there's great psychology jarrett attacking the leg of aj obviously the high flyer you're going to want to neutralize that um jeff jarrett one of his moves is the figure four so it all makes sense right. um then you might be wondering, where does Tito Ortiz come into play? Well, Jarrett tries to grab his guitar, but Tito Ortiz grabs it. Um, I think AJ takes it from him, or he, AJ gets the, the guitar somehow and smashes it against the ring post. So just destroying his gimmick altogether, yeah. <laughs> just in one swoop. Um, then we have uh, the match is, is solid. Uh, Jarrett hits the Styles Clash onto AJ for a two count, and then AJ retaliates by hitting the stroke onto Shitty Jeff Jarrett. Oh god, it's like a skull crushing finale, but worse, worse somehow. Yeah. Um Monty Brown ends up interfering at some points. He tries to give the pounce to AJ um as AJ is going for the Styles Clash, but AJ gets out of the way and Monty accidentally pounces Jeff Jarrett. And then uh AJ goes for the cover after the pounce, the errant pounce, but uh another ex- at this point, Tito is kicking out Monty Brown. Hey, get out of here. Um, so he's his back is turned. He's up the ramp. So another ref comes in to make the count. But Tito Ortiz is like, hey, bro, I'm the ref or however he talks. Right. He uh, he uh, pulls the ref out. He's like, hey, I'm the I'm the referee. So they're arguing. AJ's he's pissed in there. Uh, Jarrett's down. But Jarrett crawls and hits a low blow onto AJ um, as AJ and Tito are arguing. Um, they get in the ring. Uh, at some point, Jarrett, he has AJ on the top rope, I believe, and he uh, he's on the ropes grappling AJ. Uh, Tito tries to get Jarrett down, but Jarrett shoves Tito Ortiz, and uh, they start bickering, which leads to Tito Ortiz hitting a sick right hand onto Jeff Jarrett, knocking him out. AJ climbs to the top rope, hits the spiral tap, which is a uh, corkscrew senton of sorts. A uh, very rare move from AJ. I, I like that little touch because he, he doesn't really use it all that often. Only to finish off big matches, yep. It's yeah, cool. and uh, that gives AJ the win. AJ Styles wins the NWA world title. The crowd goes, like we mentioned earlier, they, they go bananas. Um, they, they love AJ. Really awesome moment. Like Like you said, it's on their top 50 moments which was a DVD that came out in like 07 or something. <laughs> I'm sure it updated a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure this went <laughs> down to great. like 11 or <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, AJ's champion. He's the face of the company. Yeah. It all makes sense. But like you said, it's very short lived. But uh, the match itself was was pretty fun, you, I thought. You know, to your uh, to your point, uh, it, that's right. I mean, watching him back then, uh, especially in chronological order, Jeff Jarrett wasn't really known for his uh, great main events. No, obviously it was big, a lot of long entrance yeah a lot of fighting in the crowd a lot of fighting a in the time. crowd uh, a lot of dusty finishes um yep but uh you know we still got that here a little bit uh as far as the dusty finish but um mm-hmm. it was cool to see aj go over uh you know he doesn't win another one for a very long time uh yep. and he goes he gets uh relegated back to the x division um but yeah i mean it, it had this been not jeff jarrett and ben yeah, Chris Daniels. Well, obviously Chris Daniels is great too, but someone you know a, a little more um, 
used to wrestling on a regular basis. I think this right. could have been a really, really high rated match by uh, whoever watched it. Uh, you know, not necessarily Meltzer, but at least the, the average fan yeah. would be like, wow, this was a, a damn good match. But with Jarrett being there, I still think it was, you know, in that four range. Like it was it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Jarrett's a great heel yeah. at this point. You know, love him or hate him. He's uh, he fits that role really well. Right. Um, but he's kind of it's kind of we're, we're at a point here where he's it's pretty much doing the same thing every pay-per-view. It's like you said, dusty finishes all over the place. Yeah, people are interfering. So it's like, let's switch it up here. Yeah. Give the baby face a win. And um, I mean, you say AJ was relegated to the X Division, which I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But the X Division in the later half of 2005 is. Yeah, well, no, it's great. And it, and it works out yeah. uh, for the best, you know, and I and I guess yeah. maybe that term at this specific time wasn't the best one because I think it was more of a they knew what they had. So they needed him to go down there and, and do that unbreakable right. match and all yeah, those yeah. three ways and, and, and boom, the X division. But especially since there wasn't really many guys in the main event scene, it wasn't like, uh, you know, he was getting pushed out, I guess. But um, yeah, eventually he will be <laughs> held yes. down and uh, we get a lot of interesting champions. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, man, I, can't, I just can't wait to get into Smojo oh. finally, because I think he's uh, I'm unfamiliar with his early stuff in TNA really? okay. other than, you know, like Unbreakable. I obviously I've seen, right. which is that famous triple threat match that everybody acclaims is like one of the best triple threats of all time, which I'm inclined to agree. Um, but yeah, some really good stuff with the X Division and AJ yep. involved um, in the next couple of years. But uh, yeah, that brings the show to a close. Um, if you had to give this a rating out of 10, what do you think Ooh. you would give it? See, that's that's harsh. You know, see, and I, I, <laughs> if I look back, <laughs> oh, man, um, it's hard because do you want me to compare it as if I'm watching it now or <laughs> if I was watching it back then? I think they're pretty um, similar, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think they're Either both one. like a six. Um, right. If you're being generous, maybe a, a little more than that. But it was always above. It's above average. TNA's pay-per-views are always above average. Mm -hmm. Um but this era was not above <laughs> uh, that that seven, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it, that like I said, it had some good moments. Right. It, it ended on a great note. Um, it had stuff like the the Raven X Pac match, right. which are fun. Um, there was some there was some good stuff on here. It was there was some un unnecessary matches, um, and like I mentioned, yeah, the build wasn't that great. But overall. Yeah, I, I would say six, six is pretty uh, pretty reasonable. Happy, Maybe a six and a quarter. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things we have to remember is even if we are watching it in real time, this isn't the weekly pay-per-views anymore. Someone spent 40 plus dollars <laughs> on, this yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> on this shit. So maybe back then it would actually have been worse, but... Right. I hope it's not $40 I don't, TNA. I, I mean, maybe it was. It is now, um, but actually... My, that for sure. I've only bought... I've only purchased one TNA pay-per-view in my life really? and I think it was like 30, but this was like 2008 maybe. Okay. Around that um, time. Uh, interesting, but silly story. Uh, Dixie, <laughs> I bought so many pay-per-views in a row. I bought them all. Um, my friends mm -hmm. would chip in. So it wasn't like I was made of money or anything, uh, but we'd right, get together right. and watch it and it'd be a thing. And uh, she sent me a box through my cable company with just all this shit. And one or right. one autographed picture of her that just says my name with an exclamation mark. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 40 That's bucks times need. 12 down the drain. And this is what right. I <laughs> Thanks, Dixie. It's all worth it's it. All, worth, all it. worth it. 
Um, but yeah, man, that, that's, that's all I got. Yeah. I really appreciate you uh, coming on, making the time to do My this. Pleasure. Um, I knew you would have a lot of insight in regards to TNA and impact and all that. Uh, where can everybody find you and listen to you? Yeah, yeah. You can find me and my uh, useless facts and knowledge of, <laughs> of TNA and Impact <laughs> uh, at, uh, at TNAIW channel. If you're on Twitter, uh, you can find us right there and go from there with our links to YouTube. We are live every Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time uh, on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash TNAIW channel. Uh, we take oh we take calls uh, and we uh, so we take audience calls. We play a game with everybody. It's a good time, and the chat group is uh, right there for everyone to see. So, hell yeah, really fun show, especially you know today with Impact. You know they have uh, more people, more eyes on it than they have in several years. Oh, very long time. You know, and then that's the one thing I always pitch to people is is that you come across podcasts or shows and their impact, their impact related, and we are we are dedicated to impact, but we're unbiased. <laughs> uh, right, we'll tell yeah. you if something's the shits, as I said before, and, and we'll obviously cheer if something's great. Um, but that's part of the greatness of it. It's a platform for multiple different personalities. And you'll see that if, uh, if you listen or, or watch um, that call mm-hmm. into the show that just all have very different uh, opinions of different times in teenage. So it's a good time. Uh, just, just real quick before you go. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Kenny Omega winning the TNA title? Um, you know, I, I could go on for an hour about it, Here's the way I look at it, though. Going into this, I didn't think Rich Swan would win. Uh, about to about a week ago, uh, so I was okay with Kenny winning. You know, it's the price of doing yeah. business. We have to give a belt to AW. We have to give a belt to New Japan because we screwed those relationships over, especially with New Japan. I mean, um, I mean, for God's sakes, no one uh, really remembers this, but we gave away New Japan's tag team titles on American soil to the British Invasion without their permission. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, we put a, a, a Kato Kimmick on Okada. So we had to do the price of business. Obviously, we're yeah. here. No one's touching us with a 40 foot pole. I understand that. I realize that. So we have to give. The problem is a week into it, I thought that maybe the reason nobody is giving like an AW the wink to, to the Impact fan or the not acknowledgement of this partnership is because we are the David to their Goliath, right? They're going to push us down, create that narrative, and we're going to have to find a reason to invade. For -hmm. some reason, I got excited and thought maybe Rich wins, and that's how we get our foot in the door. Right, yeah, yeah. But I was wrong. So for for 15 minutes or so, it was was a a shit uh, feeling. But when you take a step back and you realize the business aspect of it, not just the written storyline of it, it's a TV show. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's give and take. We are giving one of their actors a prop so they trust us. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's it, yeah. The, so for me, you know, if you asked me last year, how would I feel about Kenny Omega as my champion? The year before that, I would have shit my pants in excitement. Right. So, <laughs> exactly. so there shouldn't be any chance now because he's having an AEW banner. It, it, it's just part of a storyline, and an under siege is coming up, uh, followed right. by Slam Adversary or against all odds and Slam Adversary. So it's a big time uh, for Impact. Uh, and uh, I will tell you, we're going to start having wrestlers on the show as well as some uh, new intel um, from some of our friends. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you got, like you said, you got to think Impact's going to regain that title eventually at some point. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah. you would think. Well, right? you, well, <laughs> the thing for me is that they've been building up Moose for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I personally believe Moose resigned last month. I won't go into why's or what, but I, I really believe he did. So if he's mm-hmm. your guy and Rich Swan was your title holder, but Rich, you know, the, the end game was always Moose. 
who does it make more sense for Moose to pin to get over big? It, Rich Swan or yeah. Kenny Omega with two belts? So or three belts. So um I, I think that'd be great. I think that's where we're headed. And I think that's the bigger payoff when people actually start to feel bad for impact instead of treat us like yeah. shit. So. I've seen uh and it, like there's no credibility to this, but I've seen people theorize that Samoa Joe could return to impact and maybe he <laughs> could be the one that beats Kenny Omega. I don't see that happening specific. I think Moose makes more sense, right. but it's, it's another fun possibility. I think, think if they too. don't pull the trigger on Moose winning it at Slammiversary, then I think Samoa Joe is a very likely uh, person. The problem with that uh, of him taking it off, I I, I guarantee, and I don't guarantee. <laughs> I'm cl- <laughs> I will <laughs> I will close to guarantee Samoa Joe will be at Slammiversary. The problem is is their 90 days runs up right before that so unless you're doing you're playing old winks to like old clips of samoa joe or it just it wouldn't work out um so that's a good point who knows what will happen but i think he'll be back i'm I'm pretty positive he'll be back yeah for sure um but yeah man that's all i got and once again thank you so much for making the time to do this it was a blast we'll definitely have to do this again once again thank you to jeff from the tnaiw podcast the talking nonsense about impact wrestling podcast like i said give them a subscribe ski on the youtube twitch wherever you listen to podcasts you can find him and all of his cohorts there as well really really fun podcast go check that out and i had a really great time on this episode as well find all his info below in the description as always and uh yeah always love talking tna is like Guilty pleasure is the wrong word, but I always get like a different kind of tingle and jingle in my loins when I get to talk about TNA. It's uh, it's such a good, it's such a fun product to watch, man. Let me tell you. And we're not even at the at the peak of it by any means. Like I said, I said earlier, we're almost at Samoa Joe, and it's really at that point where we're off at the races. Off at the races, we're off to the races. Because then you got, you got Samoa Joe, then in comes Christian, and then Sting, and then Kurt. And it's just blows up, explodes in a good way. And then and then kind of peters out a little bit. But, you know, we're here. It's all about the journey. So, uh, yeah, apronbump.com for all my episodes. If you, uh, if you have just recently discovered me and you like these TNA reviews, Go to apronbump.com, hit the episodes tab, select TNA, and it'll bring you all the episodes that I've done. Started right from the beginning of uh, the pay-per-view era, so Victory Road 04, and every pay-per-view since then uh, I have done with various guests. So go check that out if that's what tickles your pickle. And uh, yeah, thank you guys once again for listening. Uh, Hey. Why don't you give uh if you're here on Apple, why don't you just take a take a second and uh, give give your boy hard uh, a five star rating, maybe a little review ski, maybe speak of uh, the girthiness of this podcast, perhaps. So who knows? I'm just giving you ideas. Um, <laughs> but no, I appreciate all the support. Everyone who has given me a rating, uh, a review, it's uh. It's crazy that people enjoy this this garbage that comes out of my mouth, but <laughs> I appreciate you all. Have a blessed rest of your week. Kiss your dog. Fondle your genitals. I'm hard. It's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard.
walk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud, nothing can knock this. Let's get it started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud, nothing can knock this.